Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, welcome. Good to see everybody again. Uh, I learned from Rod to do that. That's a, that's a, what he just did is the most releasing authority for heaven to speak and the scariest thing a person can do to uh, recognize and give freedom for a gift to flow. And you have that, you have been given a father's anointing to allow so many gifts flow. I know he teases everybody and I've been sent by heaven to stop that. But, well, I did, we did that one for, for about, what, about 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I mean, we, we, he comes into, last time he introduced me was this way. You know, he kind of like, oh, there's something I saw. So he comes up, to, calls me up to introduce me, and then wants to talk about worship and how we love our worship team. And they're just the most wonderful kissers of worship means kissing. And it just starts ex- exuding this, you know, poetic utterance. And then he looks down and he sees Lucy and he goes, well, we're just praying for Lucy because she's still trying to dance with the black girls or something like that. And I'm, and I'm, I feel like the anointing is just rushing out of the room. But we used to have this in our church and he would do this with Julie. So I just, God just gave me this anointing to draw from his roots. <laughs> but this, this time, it was just simple. I mean, and I, I, I think it was the Holy Spirit, but it could have been my mischievous mind. But Rod's just there looking down and talking down to the girls and telling them, ladies, you know, this is so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going... And I get, kiss him. Yeah, I thought the same thing. So he, he big old cheeks sitting right there, and I just go up, and he looked. He was so he was terrified. He was frightened. He didn't know what to do. Julie, Julie didn't know what to do, and he was absolutely quiet for thirty seconds. <laughs> thirty seconds. A record. A record. You know. The first time we were here was in 2012, and that was when you were just, that next, I was laughing about you dying, and the, in fact, by the time I left, two days later, you were in the hospital and didn't come out till we got a new liver, and then two years per, later, we were here, and uh, something really profound had happened in our lives at our church, and the word of the Lord to follow Jesus became a really uh, powerful sound, following your we were here, and then uh, now two years later, we're back in this church. So we love Commonwealth Church, and uh, we love Julie, who's, I mean, there's, there's a marriage in, made in heaven worked out on earth. <laughs> designed by God as he designs every one of our lives to release glory. And that's what I want to talk to you today about some, it's going to be, let me do a bit of the prophetic first for the body. When I first heard that I was going to be able to be with you, because I love being with Commonwealth, because you are, for every 
new thing that God wants to introduce into the earth, he has to find a people that will give permission for him to do new things. Which means you have to have an elastic, trusting, yielding, surrendering people that, that are pioneers in heart. And that's who you guys are. And so I believe... I heard, I, I, I'm a read, I write, wrote it down. I said, when I heard I would speak at Commonwealth Church, I asked the Lord, what would he say? He said, I am bringing uncommon wealth to Commonwealth Church. For they have sown much as a church and as individuals over the decades. I have seen their giving and prayers and they have come up for a memorial before God. So now comes the shift from common wealth to uncommon wealth, commanded blessing. So I believe that that is being transferred right now. I'm delivering the mail. This is yours to receive. It will begin to unfold in the future. It will manifest in every imaginable way. Uncommon wealth, uncommon glory is breaking forth. So then last night, I'm, we're sitting in our hotel room, and I'm just kind of uh, listening for tomorrow. Because when I get in here, I get all of your, all your stuff starts flowing, and I start hearing prayers and promises and prophetic tr- futures, and I can get drawn into any one of them. So whoever has the strongest faith, you get your answers today because it's just a movement. So I'm going to try to stay on task because then I heard the Lord say, uh, let me find that one. He, he said, God, God had a son, a perfect and complete son, but he wanted a family. So he crushed his son. If you were to take God's glory and turn it into gold, would it be worth it? Do you really want to cash in now? Uh, Ezekiel 44, I'm going to give these more for reference because I have uh, two bookends to release. And then I have the substance of how you, each one of us can just step in and let it mature and come alive to its fullest. Ezekiel 44 speaks of God's glory. And I don't want to take too long, but it is a foundation scripture in my own life. And in fact, right now, this is like one of those warning. If you, you know, you might want to just close your ears and not hear this. You just might not even want to hear this because it'll ruin your life. You will never be able to, um, if you, if God awakens these sounds and, um, Sorry. But if, you, if they've already been awakened, then it's going to give you a lot of encouragement. Because I want to tell you, today, God wants to take what you hate and turn it into what you shout grace over and delight and, and just re-paradigm us. Anyway, Ezekiel sees a new temple. God begins to set out a new pattern. It's never been built yet. It could probably be a millennial place of worship. And then he sets out a, a priesthood and begins to declare that I'm going to, uh, there were, in verse 10, he says, the Levites who went far from me when Israel went away astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they'll bear their iniquity. 
Yet they'll still be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings. They shall sacrifice for the people and they shall stand before them to minister to them. Because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity, therefore I've raised my hand in an oath against them, saying, says the Lord of hosts, they shall bear their iniquity. They shall not come near me to minister to me as priest, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place. They shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, I'll make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and all that has to be done in it. Things move lots of times, and people, we, we have this desire of heaven is to cause us to see the value of heaven, to, the value of God, to, to cherish him above everything, to, tr- to truly see who Jesus is. For Peter... It's called Simon Peter, who's staying at the house of one Simon the Tanner, and he bring him up here. And he says, your prayers, your alms have come up as a memorial. So he sends the guys, and that's about a day and a half, two-day walk. And about the time the men are arriving from Cornelius' house, Simon is, it's about lunchtime, and he goes up to have a prayer time just while they're preparing uh, lunch. And while he's praying, he has a vision of a sheep being lowered before him with all the unclean animals that were, you know, non-kosher, that he was not allowed through the law to ever touch. And so he hears the word of the Lord, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And then he says, Lord, not so, Lord, it's I've I've never touched anything unclean or ate anything unclean. It's funny when you get with God, you seem to want to impress him. I'm sure that wasn't even true. I really doubt it was true. But anyway, they go back and forth three times, and God says, what I have cleansed do not call common. So now we're going onto a whole other spectrum. We have the only uncommon thing in the earth and in the universe is now God, the one and only who deserves everything and all things. And then when it, now we touch humanity, and Peter's going, whoa, 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 whoa. And what you've cleansed, don't call. What are you talking about? And he's, he's, he's thinking about this. And then God says, okay, well, I want you to, um, there's some men kind of show up. I want you to follow them. Don't ask any questions. And so he now is being drawn into a, a, connect, a relationship with a couple of Gentiles that isn't really lawful for him to even begin the engagement, but he's been told by the Lord, just go and don't doubt. So now after the day they spend together the night, the next morning they wake up, they, move, they make their way to Cornelius' house. Cornelius in, welcomes them in worship. I mean, falls at Peter's feet and begins, and Peter's going, no, 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 I'm just a man, just get up. And Peter's saying, uh, what, why did you bring me? And so then Cornelius recounts the story of how this vision that led him to this bring him, you know, Peter up here. Peter's now here. He's got, he's got his whole family, all his relatives, everybody that's important. Come, tell me, uh, we're here to li- hear words from you. And Peter, if you, if, when you study it out, you'll see that then he opens his mouth and he starts, he says, I perceive. First he's in conflict. First then he's doubting. Then he's told, don't doubt. Now he's saying, I perceive. And then he starts to talk about, I'll read in verse 34, it says, Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. 
But in every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted of him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through the Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which you proclaimed, and he goes on to talk about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God was with him. We're witnesses of this. And verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that it is he who had ordained God, uh, ordained by God to be judged, living in the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him receives remission of sins. And he just gets to that remission of sins. They're believing immediately. Holy Spirit comes and I mean, all he needed was them to have faith in remission of sins through Jesus Christ. You, do you understand that? It was just, and, and Peter's not a part of this. Now Peter's dumbfounded because the Holy Spirit falls on everybody and they begin to hear who heard the word. They were astonished. They began to speak in tongues. They were going, what's going on? And he ha- comes up with his new theology, verse 47. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What I heard, there, it's, like a, it's like a two sides of this beautiful river that's going to flow through this house. On one hand, it's the value, our place of ministry unto the Lord. I never, never, never mix that place up with what he's about to do to reach humanity, which is crazy crazy stuff because the reaching of humanity I would we were worshiping I said the Lord started saying I'm going to come into mosques I'm coming into temples I'm coming to synagogues I'm about to take over places of worship I'm going to take them for myself I'm going to give the Amman a revelation, the rabbi a revelation, the pastor a revelation and they will literally be swept into an encounter with me and they will begin to come and they will, get, they, will, they will literally dedicate themselves to me. And in that moment, it's going to break out because we will go, I can't believe that could happen. That's not allowed to happen. And the first question will be, could, that's unclean. That's not something we can touch. Because Acts chapter 11, is the, the, Peter has to rehearse, recount this entire incredible story to the elders in Jerusalem who, when they heard about the event, doubted the authenticity that this could even be gotten, thought Peter was just sliding, slipping, and losing his place. So picture this. God is calling us to live in the most incredibly focused, uh, that we belong to him and him alone, that we bring to him the love that he deserves, the worship that he only should hold, and we engage, and we come, and we minister to him. And in that relationship, he's going to send us into places that are so crazy and just redeem people all over the place. Pull them out of where they're at because, he just, because there are, there's a lot of hungry people right now. And they're, they're crying out and he's going to, they're going to have supernatural encounters with God and given, been given instructions to go send somebody to get somebody. So you may be part of somebody's vision. And somebody, we, we talk about, oh, let's get a vision to who to go reach. There's the unsaved are going to get visions to go find you to get saved. It's really, it's really expanding. This thing is about to bust on both sides. The encounters in heaven and in the secret place and in the presence of God are going to go crazy. But now, let's talk about that God wanted a family, so he crushed his son. 
In Hebrews chapter uh, 11, it says that uh, by faith, verse 24, speaking of Moses, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. There's just no way, I I have to be honest with people these days, there's no way I can give you the glory without you walking through some gory. I can't give you, you will not enter into the glory of Christ unless you by your identification with Christ, are willing to walk through some of his sufferings. You, you will not, uh, we will not be able to be regent, co-regents with Jesus unless we suffer with him. We will not get free of our self-righteousness unless we, unless we have what is self-righteous removed from us. See, each of us carry with us a sense of, well, I've got this and I can do that and I'm better than other people and I'm not like that person. And those are actually the hindrances for God to touch the world. So in his kindness, he says, come, receive my son. He's enough. Receive him, worship him, engage your life. And then he starts to just tear away everything that we put our faith and confidence in about ourselves. Sometimes it's in the secret place of prayer. He says, come on, are you really that good? And we have to go, no, or we go, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'll do it. And we're going from servant to son. He's trying to separate us from our fear. We're trying to force him to love us. And that's crazy stuff. That's, and that, that's a lifetime of separation. Because the flesh and the soul are quick to collect the truth of God and say, we can, we can take this truth and we can help humanity relieve suffering and have a better life at the same time. The flesh starts to engage with effort and striving and it comes envy and division and the soul is a self-preservation. I, I'm a, I don't want, uh, we're good with God as long as we don't go near the fear stuff. Let's just keep going and control things. And it, 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 yet it's so hidden because lust and faith look identical in the outside. Somebody in here says, you know, God wants me to have a Bentley, and I just praise Jesus, so I guess I'll have one. Somebody else goes, I want a Bentley. I need a Bentley, because if I don't have a Bentley, I'll never be anybody. I just, you know, that's, I'm stretching it, right? <laughs> but the point is, one is for a need of identity. The other is just God wants you to receive what he wants to give for a purpose he probably wants to do to offend somebody else that you know. I'm not talking about conformity to religious standards so that more people can be included in our club. I'm talking about an encounter with God that becomes so authentic that nobody else understands you but Jesus. And usually you will go into the reproach. You will go into confusion. People will question your, you know, your, 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 what you're doing and how did you get here. So Moses, he's making choices. He's going, man, I've got it made. I'm... I'm son of Pharaoh's daughter. Yet something inside of me say, no, you're not. You're, you've been given a calling. You were separated from your mother's womb. You have a purpose. You're a redeemer. You are a deliverer. You are part of Israel's freedom. 
So he first identifies with Israel in the slavery, but he has no grid for how to be a liberator in midst of slavery because he's been living in, in great authority. So he uses his Egyptian mindset and delivers a Jew by killing an Egyptian. That's what's happening all over the earth right now. That's the, that's the, the great separation that's going between right and wrong and left and right and conservative and liberal is, you know, we know how to fix the world, get rid of the people that aren't like us. And that's increasing intensity. And yet, you know, Abraham, I mean, Moses steps in, tries to do it, doesn't work. He's off. Now he's spending 40 years in the, in the wilderness. Well, he, he hooks himself up to a, a, a man by helping his daughters take care of their sheep. He marries one of the daughters. And now Moses, the deliverer of, of Israel, who left the pleasures of Egypt, finds himself in a man's house who's a priest of another religion, married to a daughter who won't even let him circumcise his kids. That would have been heavy. It was a, I mean, and by the time he is brought into the, okay, Moses, we need you. He's like, no, thank you. Because he has been so reduced way past what would be, what you would anticipate useful. Because God crushes that strength in you so that he can release the strength of himself upon you. And if we're, if, and so our gifting, if we move in ministry and our gifting alone, our gifting at some point will, will shift. And, and it's, it's when we, I don't know how to tell you this. It's like, go with me to second Corinthians chapter four. So good news. Jesus loves you inside of him is an eternal destiny, future inheritance, bliss, Life, an open door, you can, there's no ending, there's no limitations. God will never say, how come you're in heaven so much? Why do you spend so much time with me? Would you please go do something? He's just, he's a caller in because the only way he's going to change the world is for him to change us. So the transformation of us is what he's after. So he's in pursuit. And he's so excited because the more we spend with him, the more the world, as it falls apart, our world matters not. And we're not as frightened at this, and we're not as threatened by that, and we're not as envious of this, and we don't care so much about that. So he's inviting us in. But what happens is we go in, and we say yes, and we're in pursuit, and we're trucking along, and we got some prophetic utterance, and we got some vision ahead of us, and we see how this is going to be, and it doesn't happen. It does not not happen. It doesn't get not delayed. It gets train wrecked. You get majorly betrayed. You get really hurt, offended. A believer takes your idea and makes millions and you lose yourself and sit in a gutter. I mean, we're not talking just kind of like, you know, this is like real stuff. And you're going, I can't, ah, ooh, mm. And you draw back. And we just kind of, and if we, if we, if we, if we are, we're encouraged by Holy Spirit, say, come on, come on back in here. Come on, I've got dreams for you. They've never changed. Not that, all that, that, that's just, don't worry about it. And we, we get encouraged to try again, and then we try it again, and there we go. Maybe we go months. Now we go years. We've got a promise. You're going to get married. You're going to have a million pounds. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Ah, and it just seems to just fade away. 
Because God uses promise to get us to pursue him so he can put himself in us while he delays the promise for us. He delays a physical outcome of a promise so that he can put a spiritual income of himself. And that that process of transformation is horrific because your outer man's perishing. And if you have any sense about yourself in the presence of God, it's increasing. Your inner man's going. And, and you, I've lived years where I think I'm schizophrenic. I go into the presence of God. I begin to pray. I get to see him. He feel him. And I just, oh, I can't believe it. You're not, you're not even backing off. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then my, my, I go into my world and I go, oh, man, can you bring any of this over here? I mean, is it, I mean, I have to be honest with you, I'd cash in glory for gold. If I could, I wouldn't take it. I'd just, you know, just give me a, just a sliver of it and would translate it and pay off some bills. But then you're in the presence and you recalibrate. You're in the, you know, that's why I pray. I'll be honest, I pray to, to, to stay aligned, connected, released, and in pursuit of the one I, who found me. And that's why you're here. You're in this church because God has really called you into a holy pursuit. You are sons of Zadok. But you're also about to be Peter's thrust into a world of radical transformation of salvation of people. That it's going to be like, is this legal? Can we do this? And God will say, he won't tell you because he's not into the law. He'll just say, just go forward without doubting You'll figure it out as you go. And then you'll follow where the Holy Spirit starts to land. And when the Holy Spirit lands, that's what changes everything. We, we've tried to convince the world that Christ is a good idea. And we've given all our religious ideas of what you need to do to enjoy the beautiful Jesus who will love you and, afford, and bless you. But it's not working. Meanwhile, all of the, the structures of the world are falling down so that Christ can now all of a sudden capture people supernaturally again supernaturally supernaturally you're going to break into visions and dreams and break into places of you know pubs boom here he comes wow what are we doing here how did this get happening what's going on that's joe i've known him forever yeah his father was a vicar but now what's he up there preaching all of a sudden he came alive and all of a sudden my spirit's feeling the sense of purpose and focus and yes 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 I mean, that's the God, when he begins to sweep a people into the land, it's through a sound that comes from heaven that defies the sound that's restricting heaven, overrides the sound of religion and comes along with the sound of freedom. And that freedom can only be, you know, willingly heard by those he's trained by undoing everything they knew, putting you out of the place of comfortability, putting you into the place of reproach, putting you into the place of confusion. So it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for it is God, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God calls light out of darkness and he calls the glory of God to be shown in our heart through the face of Jesus. 
And then it says, for we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Okay, so here's what God had to t keep telling me. Don't look at the vessel, look at the treasure. What, I don't really care about the vessel. I just want the, the, the power is in the treasure. You, you want your vessel better. I want more treasure in it. And I'm going to undo your vessel so I can put more treasure. Because I'm going to camp on the weaknesses, the inabilities, the reproaches, the places where my son walked. Well, you walk with my son. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be the one manifest attracting people into my, who I am. So I need you to get comfortable in a weakened vessel while I increase my glory. I mean, seriously, who wants to do that? I don't. I mean, that's crazy. I, I'm going to have more encounters with God, more glory experiences, more, more places of caring intimacy while I don't have the ability to produce any of it. And yet God does that because the excellence of the power has to be of God and not of us. So he does not match the treasure with a vessel that would seem worthy of the treasure. He matches the tre places the treasure in a vessel that is nobody can understand how can that, that power come from that vessel. See, because the outward lies are looking, oh, whoa, that's not allowed. Yet when there comes God, because the power is to be from God, not from us. The glory is to him. So here's the good news. You don't have to work about, you know, make yourself anything less than you already are because he's got a system already in place. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Basically, these little comparisons means we're taken all the way, and then we just kind of backed off a little bit, enough to not die, but to die. We're in hard, uh, uh, but don't despair. Because, now let, let me explain something, and I'm going to tell you how to do this, because I won't leave you here, because this will just really depress you. This is what's going to happen to anybody who consecrates themselves to Jesus Christ. Anyone who says, Jesus, I would like you to use my life. I'd like the world to be a different place. I'd like the sound of, I'd like what you've given me to be grown in me, to be given away to others. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to come into the place of, of true knowing you. God says, this is incredible. I love this. I receive this. This is my invitation. Come follow me. And then you start going through some of these things, hard-pressed, but not crushed, uh, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, carrying about in your body the dying of the Lord, that he, life of Jesus may also be manifested. And that'll, that'll take a pretty solid person and make them like a... It'll, you lose your place. Because how do you... How, how, how do you... How do you... How do you reconcile those two worlds? How do you reconcile? Well, look at the last of verse 16, 17, 18. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's just like, so basically you kind of feel like one of those persons in all those gladiator movies where they're tied between two horses 
and the two horses go the opposite direction. And you're supposed to be going, oh, this is but a light affliction. And I can't wait for the eternal way to glory. But the, the point there was that you have to look at the unseen. If you look at the scene, you'll lose your, all of this won't work. And that's where the devil comes in. That's where the church has failed. Because we try to build lives to look better and be better. When it, most of the time God takes a life and wrecks it. And then releases his glory in it. And we don't have a, we, and so we come to church and we have to look like we're terrific. We do one of the rod smiles. <laughs> because, because religion is enforcing external values, conditions, and imagery. And religion has come to usurp the glory of Jesus Christ. The idols of our day are ideals. They are standards and belief systems that we are adhering to. And God is trying to say, would you let me have an experience with you that defies your theology? Would you let me just break into your world and wreck your thinking? I mean, if I don't have my, my thinking challenged, I usually don't. I'm usually just probably spending more time praying to myself. I'm just engaging in my own theology and building it to be a, a greater strength for my soul. But when God really comes into your life, he's just like, let's go. So I want to teach you, just in about 10 minutes, how to practice the only thing that I've discovered that will allow God to fully continue the increase of his dominion and kingdom reign in my life without me forcing him to shift something on the outside before I follow him any further. You ever been there? I'm not going anymore until you deal with this one thing. I can't trust you on a new episode because we haven't finished the last one. I, need, I have questions that need to be answered, otherwise I cannot trust you again. And I'm sorry, but God is just God, and he actually could care less what you want. He's not here to please you. He's here to save you. Pleasure usually is a soulish issue. That You know, I feel loved, I feel important, I feel safe, I feel... And God says, if I have to cater to the soul, I'll never get anything done, so let's just disengage that soul, put it on the cross for a bit. But here's the way you live and have fun dying. First and foremost, you must practice the presence of Jesus. You must take the effort to engage your heart to step into the holy of holies that Jesus Christ has provided for you to live there. God came to the earth, became a man, died on our behalf, raised from the dead, ascended into heaven. Jesus said, I did all this so I can take you where I am. All the effort of heaven has already been extended to reach the earth. What God is looking for is the believers in Christ to extend the effort to reach into heaven. If you be raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. What are the things in heaven? What are those things next to Jesus? Well, I don't think those are things we can know until we die. But he said, if you are raised with him, seek him now. So the effort is, and I'll tell you, teach you real simple. Because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection... 
because he's ascended and now as a high priest is intercession for me. Romans, Hebrews uh, 8 says, 7 says that he's standing before God over me and I'm standing in him, inside of him, in front of God, at the Holy of Holies. So I have to, I, you have to practice somehow, your, your, retrain your mind to say that what Jesus did is enough and I'm going to approach God and stand in his presence and worship him. You have to overcome whoever you are, whatever's happened to you, whatever's declaring you have no right, you're, no, you're legitimate, and you have to say, you know what, I am all those things and a lot worse. And I'm no longer going to spend my life trying to correct what I am. I'm just going to come in and step into who Jesus is. It's just a shift. It's as simple as that. In the name of Jesus, I enter into your presence through the blood of the Lamb, through the veil of your flesh, because of the glory you provided, and now here I am. Your soul may go, I don't think I'm here. I think I'm in London. And you have to say, soul, bless the Lord. Get engaged. We're on our way. We are in heaven. We're in the heavenly holy place that Jesus now abides as a high priest. We're here. We're seated with him in heavenly places. No, I think we're here in London, and I'm tired. Soul, bless the Lord. Get engaged. You bless him. You tell him he's good. Oh, he hasn't been good for a long time. He heals all your disease. No, I feel sick. And it's just bringing your whole being by your spirit, in the spirit, calling your soul to agree, to bless and praise, and telling your flesh, follow me into the place that God has prepared for me and spend some time there. The worse the day is, the longer you'll need. The greater the promise, the more you'll need to be there because your world will go opposite to your promise. Seriously, you find me somebody in the Bible that got a promise and got a limousine to pick them up. Nobody gets limos to get to their promise. They usually go through the slave trade. Seriously. Show me someplace in the Bible where somebody said, Oh, we, we've been waiting for you. Oh, God's, God's sneaky. Somebody said he's Jehovah sneaky. Because he allures you through vision and dream. He intoxicates you in love. Oh, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Got it. Do anything you want so I can reflect you. Got it. Oh, I just... I am, for the rest of my life, I just dedicate everything and everyone and all that I have to you. Got it. And then we wonder when we wake up the next day on a, on a ship and we've been indentured into a war we didn't even want to be involved in. Now here's what happens is we lose the, this intimacy. You see, you, the, the one we're in, it doesn't really matter. It, you're, you're not more loved by God because you have a lot of money or no money. You're not more loved by God because when you do what you do, it's successful or not successful. You're loved by God because of Jesus Christ. And if you, if you step into that, that truth, all of a sudden you are being empowered internally. Your treasure, the earthen vessel begins to carry something of like, I'm sorry. I just, God loves me, likes me. He loves you. He likes you. We're not in competition. We have no fear. Your flesh starts to get quiet. Your soul starts to settle down. And you start, you start being drunk every day. 
You have to maintain an intimacy of of surrender, yieldedness, and enjoyment. Or you'll just be legally married without any of the benefits. No sex. You'll just be, honey, did you take out the trash? Jesus, did you put that money in my bank account like I asked you? Now, we don't act that way. We won't say those words, but we act that way. Yet, here's the hardest thing I've had to learn. When I come into his presence, do what he accomplished, he actually acts like he's won everything. That he's Lord of everything, King of everything. He has no problem with the devil. He's not freaking out about Brexit or Trump. He's just... Come have some fun with me, Steve. Worship me. I, I want see me because if you see me, you'll see you. Because you're in me. It, it behooves you to praise me because the more you lift up praise to me is the more you will come into your identity in me. So you learn to praise him with what... Now, here's the second step. Bring the confession of hope into the presence of God with you. What is a confession of hope? It's whatever God's told you about your life. It's whatever you, it's all the yellow highlights in your Bible. All those promises, those journals. You see, you, you la- I launched out, I launched out thinking that what I was, go- what I heard I was going to do. And I did, that's not at all true. That's what I heard I'm going to become. I'm going to become what I hear long before I'll ever do it. And here's the good news is according to the scripture, we don't even have to do it to become it. We might become it and die and then later get to do it. Because we're, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. If, when, you, when we carry promise into his presence, that's called a confession of hope. And that confession of hope is the only thing God demands that you have with you when you're in his presence. Meaning that, that uh, don't come in empty-handed. Come into a place where you say, Lord, I, be- I believe what you said is still true, and I know it to be true, and I want to thank you for the words you've spoken, and I want to declare the promises you've made. And you, you go in there. I guarantee you, anything you've heard, any scripture you've ever begun to perceive, you have not yet even scratched. You're like, think you've got the perfume, and you've got one of those scratch and sniff things. Oh, gosh, they're good. And God's saying, I've got a truck ready to unload this stuff. But it's not going to happen here. It's going to happen there. So we just come on in. Come into the presence. Enjoy his promise. Come into his presence. Bring the confession of hope, which is the promise. There you meet in the presence with promise. And the promise in the presence. And you begin to explore. Okay? There, what... what in this house is so much riches and so much wealth and so much access. But you're, it, it's a process. That's why taking scripture to meditate it, where you go, whoa, sons of Zadok, whoa, no clothes to make you sweat. Hmm. Worship you, minister to you, fat, blood, fat, 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 praise, blood, atonement, redemption. Agree with Jesus, minister Jesus, minister Jesus to Father, worship, praise. And you just 
But what happens, the third, third thing, presence, promise, the third thing is the, the power of Holy Spirit comes. And he starts saying, yeah, you got it, come on, that's it. And the way he always comes is righteousness, peace, and joy. So all of a sudden you're giving this kind of empowerment. All of a sudden the issues that you carried as you came in are not as important to be resolved as the new things that you're beginning to behold while you're with God. You see, a friend of mine, Paul Cain, said to our church once, which is a very critical shift moment, he said, don't seek an explanation, seek a new experience. A new experience. So, let's see if we can... I come to worship. First thing I do is I step in, I I cognitively, consciously, intentionally, purposefully step inside of Jesus and step right into God's presence. Intentionally and purposefully, cognitively. You can, you want to practice? Just stand up. I'll teach you how to do this. Just practice. Okay. I want you to, I want you to, uh, for the sake of... Uh, practice it's often best close your eyes because then you become more conscious of just you and the unseen versus everybody else close your eyes and think about this morning you woke up I want you to purposely think of that which has been following you in your thoughts things you're negative fearful of frustrated in angry concerned just uh, we'll start in the worst place And now in a moment, we're going to enter into the holiest of places by the blood of Jesus and through the accomplishment of Christ at the cross and his resurrection. And then we're going to behold him in his glory. Okay, so we're in life as it is. And now let's just say this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I now come Boldly into the holiest of holy places, the presence behind the veil, through the new and living way, Jesus Christ. I step into Jesus, into your holy presence, and I worship you here. With your eyes closed, look around. What is there in the presence of God? You know, again, the beautiful thing is the scriptures describe what is in the unseen so that we can have confidence to see what is yet to be seen. So the scripture says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So I want you to just take a moment, become aware that there's a lot of joy around here. Yeah, and sometimes that's exactly, we, we shift and we start feeling that, you know, we're kind of like bubbly, ha, 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 joy, inexpressible, full of glory, bright, and brilliant. You say, oh, I, I wish I could go there. You are there right now in the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord is that in the presence, and the word of the Lord is that through Jesus you're in his presence, so in his presence you're in his joy. Put the two together and pull. Ha ha. Joy. I got joy. Joy. You say, well, I want more joy. Then tell him how joyful things are for him. 
Lord, I bless you that you are joyful. That we are joyful in the house of the Lord. That you are triumphant. That you smile at the face of your danger and enemies. You're utterly confident in everything you do. You are. You, God, you have anointed you with joy above the heads of your fellows. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, you are so magnificent. So happy. So funny. So powerful. You are joy. 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 Now, while you're doing that, you're in presence. You're engaging promise, words, truths, things that have been spoken. And Holy Spirit now says, feel the joy. So receive, feel it. It defies your circumstances. It defies your bank account. It defies your family members. It defies tomorrow. It defies everything. It, it laughs at whatever it is that has drawn your soul down. It's joy. And then there comes comes peace because there's a glassy sea because in the peace of God is the safety because he has secured a victory that cannot be altered nothing breaks into heaven and causes disruption and fear so let the peace of God fill you you see this is a beautiful thing because we can tell God what we are afraid of in his presence because we're accepted in the beloved and our, we can unload our fear burdens and God can refill us with peace that covers, surrounds our heart and our mind. This is happening in his presence. Right now, there's, here it is. There's, a, there's peace that's coming. Honest conversation in the presence of God by the inside of Christ opens the door for God to say, I understand what you're feeling, son. Here, try some of this. And he starts to bring the peace to surround the mind and surround the heart. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Yes, it's in, you're being influenced. You're being influenced by the Holy Ghost. He is making these things true, that are true to be real, to be experienced. Whoa, thank you. So we're in the Holy of Holies. Welcome. We're in the Holy of Holies. It may be for some super vivid and super exciting and for others, it seems like a class ever so dark, and but a little bit of light. It doesn't matter. You start where you are. And if you want the light to get brighter, you praise him for who he is. This is the secret. You start where you are and begin where he is. You start where you are. Honestly, this is all I can give you. This is where I can go. But then when I, whatever little I give you, I start, I begin in the place you finished. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. He's coming. He's coming. See, now he can talk to us. Now he can begin to converse with us and show us things. He brings it. This is where scripture will all of a sudden come alive. You'll go, whoa, I got to look at that verse, that verse, that verse. Go there. You're turning to something the Holy Spirit's highlighting. You're remembering something that Jesus already said. You're being given something that God gave Jesus to give you. Now, I'll close this with this picture of Jesus, one of the most uh, simple, beautiful place you can meditate. Hebrews 1. You're in the presence. Don't get out of the presence. Why would you want to get out of the presence? Stay right here. Holy Spirit's helping us have an experience with God in the power and wonder of himself and through the promise of his word and through the work that Christ accomplished. Here we are. Hashabobah.
And you're okay. We allow you here to be under the influence. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're not trying to figure this out with our brain. Put your brain on, on neutral. Just say, Lord, I'm going in the experience. You'll figure it out later. I'm following you, and we'll figure out what that means later. Now, here we are, and here comes a description of Jesus in his resurrected glory. God, who in various times, in various ways, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us in his Son. There you are, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ he speaks. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. He's heir of everything. The creator is the heir. He is not only the creator, but the redeemer. And he submitted himself into creation to be redeemed. Heir of all things. And we're in him. That's why he divides a spoil with us and we get a portion of that inheritance as long as we learn, as we learn to walk with him. Heir of all things. Heir of your future. Heir of the planet. Heir of the nations. Heir of the kingdoms. Heir of religions and monetary controls. He's heir. Through whom he also made the worlds. See, if you, we can praise him with these kinds of words. I spend lots of time saying, Lord, you are. You have been appointed heir of all things. You're heir of everything. You're the heir of everything. And then whatever it is, just... Just like Eska said, his name is above. So put those high names and put them above those high names. Stall him. Lace him up. His name is above every name, not only in this age, but the age to come. There he is. There he is. We're, We're giving descriptive language to the resurrected Christ, who is the heir of all things by whom he created the worlds. Now, next, last couple more. He's the brightness of his glory. You want to see glory? You want glory in London? You want glory in worship? You want glory at your home? Let glory invade your heart right now. Behold the glory of God. That's how the glory shines. That's how the light shines. That's how the treasure comes alive. Yes, you have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the problems. You have to forgive everybody. You have to not worry about how you got here. This, let it all go, because here you are beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, yeah! Glory! Jesus! 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 See Him, praise Him, worship Him. You are... You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are the brightness of Father's glory. I see you, I see Father, I see eternity, I see the future. Jesus. You are the expressed image of God. You are the substance, the essence. 
the essence, the substance. And here I am. You're my high priest. Here you are, my elder brother. Here you are, my husband. Here we are, betrothed one another. I am in you. You have the inheritance. You have the create. You you started everything and set me in motion with you. You are the whoa. You're my heir. I'm in you. Your brightness, your glory, and now, now your substance. I'm breathing you, eating you. I'm taking your body. This is what he meant. Eat my body, drink my blood. Have an encounter that's so real that you're imbibing me. I'm being, I'm carrying you. Whoa. Exp- express image, the absolute substance of God in Christ Jesus the Lord, who also upholds all things by the word of his power. So if, if our soul gets tempted to go, well, what will it be like when I get back? You can say to your soul, it doesn't really matter because he's holding it all together. If it needs, to. I learned this. I say that to daddy all the time. Change anything that you need changed so that you can have your way. And anything that you don't want changed, I don't care anymore. Because I don't gain my identity from where I am and what I'm doing. I gain my identity from whose I am and whom I love. So here he comes with power. Here he comes. He says, I've got you. He speaks words like, I've got you. I've ca- I'm, you. Follow me. We're in. Let's do it. Worship me. Praise me. Thank me. Because he has everything in place. Whoa. And we experience it here. This is where we practice in the presence. We practice in the presence. We don't come to church so we can get lifted up. We come to church to bring our portion that we've had in the presence and attitude to become a living, a life-giving, living place where God can dwell and dance in the midst of us and sing praises. Jesus stands in the middle of us and he praises the Father God because he's still a man resurrected. And then he reveals the Father God to us because he's still our God and he still reveals who he is. And we just go deeper and further and higher and louder and larger. And then, 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 then it says, woo. No, I didn't say woo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is, that they do, that is, that is. All the elders. Now you know why they, whoa. Who when he had by himself, when he had by himself, He did not wait for me to help him, nor could I help him, nor do I help him. He did it by himself. When he had by himself purged our sins. You did it. It's done. It's completed. It's finished. We don't add to it. We don't do it in rehab. We don't do it in 12 steps. We don't do it in church discipline. By yourself, you purged our sin. Yeah. And let it, you let it, you let it, you let it in. You let it influence you. It's truth. Holy Spirit, truth. Jesus, woo. I've been, he, he did it by himself. He purchased it. And then he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Let's sit down. Save my seat. That's where we are. Isn't that Ephesians 1? We seated us up in the heavenly places. And the only, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus has still submitted himself to the Father 
as he holds all authority. And the father says, son, I want you to sit here till I make all your enemies a footstool. Okay, it's a difference between an enemy under your feet and being a footstool for you. They, when they're a footstool, they quit wiggling and biting you and showing defiance and growling. They just start going into absolute surrender. But they come into that surrender by you sitting there while they wiggle. See, the focus is rest. We war through rest. We war by becoming so big inside of life that life begins to take over the place of, of lack. So we sit, rest. We enter into his rest. So before we close the service, take a moment now. You're in Christ, in the holy place. Promises are coming forth. They come alive in conversation, giving praise, activation. Power, Holy Spirit's all over the place. Because like he, this is his job. His job is to reveal Christ in us. His job is to manifest Christ among us. His job is to witness Christ to us and be a witness of Christ wherever we're going. But the most important place, the place we've neglected was our own secret heart relationship. And here he is. So here you are. And sit. Because he says he put all things under his feet and made him to be head of all things to the body, which is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So here we are. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Let's just thank him for a moment. Make it with your own words. I thank you. I thank you for who you've done, what you've done. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You did it for us. You made it so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is my home. This is my house. This is the mansion you prepare. This is the place that I get to dwell in. I worship you. I honor you. I magnify you. You are glorious and beautiful and powerful and wonderful. Everything I ever wanted is you, and you are everything I ever could have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here. Now you know how to do it. You can do it tomorrow. I, I do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. It may not feel as easy because we don't have the corporate collectiveness, but I promise you if you practice it, presence, promise, and power. Jesus, what he did, Papa, what he's promising, and Holy Spirit, big and happy. Jolly old Holy Spirit. Tickles and laughs. He's watching all of us anxious human beings. And he's, come on, you guys, just step into Jesus. We already won this thing. Bless you. Thank you so much. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 